Today we're going to wrap up our series, It's All About Me. And over the last several weeks, we've been dealing with topics that God wants us to interact with because as God moves us forward, we have decisions to make. And that's what this series has been all about. We have to decide if we're willing to take the steps God requires of us in order to keep moving forward with him. Week one of our, of our series, we talked about dealing with the idols in our lives. Week two, we talked about the burdens. That's where Jesus invited us to yoke up with him. Week three was about our connection to Jesus. He's the vine, we're the branches. And then the next couple of weeks, we dealt with topics when God is slow about doing something in our lives. And then the following week when God says no, and then we did baptisms last week's Today, we're going to wrap up with talking about relationships. And as you look at this, you may say, oh, I missed one, or I want to go back and, and, you know, be reminded of one. Hey, we have all of the teaching available on our YouTube channel. And then for, if you prefer a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts from, just search for Bethel Church, Philadelphia Mills. The teaching goes up. You can just pass that on to someone or just be reminded. Today, as we wrap up our series, I want to talk about last week first. Baptism services, without a doubt, are the best services we do here all year, without a doubt. And last week was an amazing service. Um, We had two services, 79 people were baptized, and to hear their stories, to hear them talk about why they were taking this step, and then to see the baptisms and the people around them as they were getting baptized, I'm telling you, there's nothing better we do here all year. And so congratulations to 79 of you who were baptized last week. Way to go. Awesome services last week. Today we're going to wrap up our series talking about relationships. And and here's what I want you to think about as, as I read through the text. If I'm going to the next level with God, I'm going to have to leave some people behind. Just just let that let that sink in. Some of us have been saying, God, I want this to be the year. You take me higher and further than I've ever gone with you. God's willing. Are you? Because far too many of us would rather stay where we're comfortable with our friends and family than to travel with Jesus as we're yoked up with him. Jesus says, Rob, let's go this way. And I'm like, yeah, but my, my, my crowd's not going that way, Jesus. And Jesus says, that's what's required to follow me. Are you willing to follow? So here we go. Here's the text. A leader of the local synagogue whose name was Jairus arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at Jesus' feet pleading with him. He said, "My, my little daughter is dying. Please come lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding She suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years, she spent everything she had to pay for them, but had gotten no better. In fact, she got worse. She heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she'd been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him, So he turned around in a crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. 
the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of Jesus and told him what she had done. Jesus said, daughter, your faith made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. Jesus was still speaking when messengers arrived from the home of the dead, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter's dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at Jesus. He made them all leave and took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. I shared the story when I first got back from my sabbatical that it was one of the weeks that I was away from here. I was sitting in the church in Jersey where I was at for eight weeks in a row. And the pastor was teaching. I don't even know if this was his main text or not, but he used this text and he made a statement that I opened up my notes app in my phone and I wrote down that statement. I don't know if those were his exact words, but that's how I heard it and that's what I wrote down. If I'm going to the next level with God, I'm going to have to leave some people behind. See, that's how God works with us when he wants to deliver a message. Sometimes it comes from your pastor. Sometimes it comes from your boss Sometimes it comes from your coworker, someone you go to school with. It could be a parent. It could be a friend, which is why it's so important to be where God wants us to be, because there are messages that he wants us to hear. And so for, for a number of months now, this has been going around in my head. And so let's interact with this based on this story. So Jesus is teaching. Dad comes to Jesus and says, hey, my daughter's sick. Can you come heal her? And Jesus is like, yep. Let's go. So what's the big thing you've asked God for this year? Right? Pastor Trey started us off in January talking about, you know, we want this to be the the best year yet for you and God. So what is it that you've asked God for and said, all right, God, let it happen this year. Now you can look and say, well, we're almost through May and I thought I'd be further along. But what's the big thing? More often than not, when we ask God for big stuff, life-changing stuff, we don't realize what we're asking for. We don't know what's required of us in order to get there. God does. See, God is willing to entrust us with spiritual blessing if he knows we're mature enough spiritually to handle it. And in order for us to be mature enough spiritually to handle the blessing that he wants to give, he's going to test us. And we've seen that. So what is it you're asking God for? See, God says so often, I'm willing to do that. Are you? Are you willing to do what's required to get there? That's what this whole series has been about. So dad asked Jesus for a miracle. I need my daughter healed. They take off. They're going to his house. All the people followed, crowding around them. 
And you know what? So often when we start off in a new direction, right? Early January, we tell our friends and family, hey, this is my new year resolution. This is what I'm working on. I want to be a better me. Everybody starts cheering you on. And after a while, you ever notice how the crowd gets less and less enthusiastic? So my question is, is your crowd supporting you and encouraging you in your journey to go to spiritual places, spiritual heights with God, or are they a distraction to you? An honest question. In order for you to move forward with Jesus in ways you've never done before, is your crowd helping you or hindering you? As they're walking... This woman is part of the crowd, and she has her own interaction with Jesus. We're not going to look at this today. Next week, Pastor Trey is going to deal with this story. It's a fascinating story. Next week, we're going to kick off a series we're calling For the Love of Philly, and it's all about how we as a church and how we as individuals can impact the city and the region for Jesus. It's going to be, it's going to be an awesome study, even if the Sixers didn't go all the way. This series is going to go all the way, all right? That's next week. So next week, Pastor Trey is going to deal with the story of the woman. Now, here's the thing. Let me just plant this seed. Whose story is this? It's dad's. Dad's the one who starts it off. Dad's the one who's going to finish it. Dad comes to Jesus and says, my daughter's sick. Can you heal her? Jesus says, let's go. And in the middle of dad's story, this woman interrupts him. And it's fascinating to realize So often we go through life and we think people or situations are interruptions. They're not interruptions, people. They're part of your story. That's what Pastor Trey is going to teach on next week. It's fascinating. So here we go. Jesus heals the woman, has the interaction with the woman, is still speaking with the woman. When people from dad's house come and say, hey, dad, your daughter's dead. Leave the teacher alone. Jesus overhears him. And says to dad, don't be afraid. Just have faith. So often, when we're yoked with Jesus, and we're moving forward, God's time, his timing, is not our timing. We see things happen, or we see things that don't happen, And we think it's too late, or we think it's impossible. And Jesus is like, stay yoked with me. I got this. Our job is not to figure out the timing. Our job is to keep our eyes on Jesus. And when dad gets the message that his girl's dead, don't bother the teacher, Jesus turns to dad and says, don't fear, just believe. Don't be afraid, just have faith. So let me ask you something. What is Jesus telling dad that he has to believe? That he can do something great for himself or that Jesus can do something great for him? You know what Jesus is asking you to believe? That he can do something great for you. Not that you can do something great for yourself. Don't ever confuse that. You can look at a situation and say it's impossible. And Jesus is like, really? Do you have faith? Don't believe in yourself. Believe that God can do it for you. See, here's just a list of some of the promises that God gives us in the Bible. I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care what you're going through in life. Just have a little bit of faith to believe 
that God can do this for you. He can do this. He can give you strength. He can give you rest. He's never going to stop loving you. He's going to forgive you every time you ask. He's going to comfort you in your suffering. He gives you eternal life. He's always with you. And he gives you the power to do everything he asks you to do. That's what he asks you to believe. Not that you can do it. Not that you can pull yourself up from your bootstraps. But that God's going to give you the power, the strength you need to do it. That's faith. Believing God's going to do what he said you're going to do. Yeah, but Pastor Rob, I'm so cynical because of all I've been through in life. So many bad things have happened to me. So many people have disappointed me, taken advantage of me, abused me. I don't know if I have enough faith. Woo, I got good news for you. You don't need a lot of faith. Do you have teeny, teeny, tiny amount of faith? Because if you do, you're good. God will do the rest. Jesus said, all you need is a little mustard seed faith. That's a dime on a screen. That little speck next to it is a mustard seed. Can you, can you conjure up that much faith? We can. We can. Which is why the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Because if God says he's going to give me strength and I don't believe it, I'm calling God a liar. So let's be honest and say, God, I believe it a teeny tiny amount, a fraction of 1%, I believe but more than 99% of everything in me doesn't believe you, but I'm willing to give you the tiny mustard seed amount of faith that I have. Can you do anything with it? I love the story of another dad who comes to Jesus, who says to Jesus, I believe you a tiny bit. Help my unbelief. Jesus gives him a miracle. Are you willing to give God your tiny, teeny amount of faith and say to him, I got a lot more unbelief, but here's my faith. When you put that little bit of faith in Jesus, watch what he does. And as soon as he tells dad, don't fear, give me the faith you have. He says to the crowd, you can't go with us. They're linked. There comes a time in my spiritual journey that I need to leave the crowd behind and go forward with the few. Some of us are stuck because we'd rather do life with the people we've been doing life for decades and we're comfortable with than leave people behind and follow Jesus. See, when I'm yoked with Jesus... And Jesus starts taking me down this road and my family and my friends aren't following me. Who do I pick at that moment? Do I pick Jesus and stay yoked to him? Or do I choose my friends, my family, people I've done life with? There are going to be times in life we have to make choices. The crowd laughed at Jesus when they got to the girl's house because they were all grieving and mourning. So Jesus tells the crowd, stay behind. Jesus travels with dad to the house. When he gets there, the friends and family and community are there grieving, mourning because the girl has died. And Jesus says, hey, what's all the commotion about? And they say, the girl's dead. Jesus says, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Everyone laughed at Jesus. 
Tell people what God's going to do in your life and people are going to laugh at you. They're going to laugh at you. Tell people what you're doing for Jesus. They're going to say you're nuts. Why are you doing that? Why are you sacrificing that for Jesus? They're going to laugh at you. Are you willing to stay yoked to Jesus when your crowd starts laughing at you and calling you foolish? See, crowds aren't bad until they hinder me from following Jesus. Is your crowd hindering you or helping you stay yoked with Jesus? Too many of us listen to far too many people in our lives. <laughs> listen, permission to speak freely as your pastor. Some of you are listening to all the wrong people in your life. Those people can love you. Those people have great intentions for you. But they don't know God's call on your life. And if people are not vitally connected to Jesus himself, then be leery of the advice and the wisdom they're giving you. Because Jesus is the one who said, in order to follow me, it's going to cost you everything. And far too often, people who love us don't want to see us sacrifice things and don't want to see us do hard things. They're well-intentioned. But there are times in our lives where Jesus is going to say, hey, in order to stay connected with me, yoked with me, it's going to cost you everything. You still want to move forward? And why is it we listen to people we'd never seek advice from? Why? People are chirping all over around us. Why are you doing this? Why are you in church again? Why are you doing this? You're going too far with Jesus. Leaving a crowd behind doesn't make them bad. It just means they're not going where Jesus is taking you. That's it. Yo, can I tell you something? There are stages to life. And it is very possible that the stage of life that you're in right now, God has an amazing group of people around you who love you, who've been cheering you on. And the reason God put them around you was because they were supposed to bring you to the point you're at. But God never intended for them to keep moving with you. And in order for you to grow, in order for you to be the person God wants you to be, it doesn't mean you're never going to see these people. It doesn't mean you hate these people. It doesn't mean you're going to cut off everything from these people. It just means God's got a new group he's going to put around you. That's okay. How many people do you allow to speak into your life? More is not better. Quality is better than quantity. Why do we do life with people, friends, family? We can laugh with them. Every once in a while, we'll talk about people and we'll laugh at them. Guess who they're talking about and laughing about when I'm not there? Why do we do life with people like that? Are the people that you've given access to your heart, to your mind, 
Are they encouraging you forward with Jesus? Or are they holding you back? See, in order to go to new places with God, I need people who are cheering me on in Jesus. I need people who believe God's promises for me and are encouraging me about them. I need people who believe God's best for me, who encourage and correct me with godly wisdom, who pray for me because there isn't one of us who are going to go to that new place with God apart from this. Not one. And you could be here and say, yeah, but Pastor Rob, you know what? I don't have these people in my life. Great, you're in a great place to meet people. Which is why we tell you, get plugged into a serving team. Get plugged into a group here. Why? Because you start doing life with people who have similar goals that you do. I want to grow in my relationship with Jesus. How do I do that? So what God's going to do is God's going to give you people who are going to encourage you forward. Who are going to push you forward. That's what all of us need. And why is that so important? The story ends this way. The parents and the disciples go into the room with Jesus. Jesus raises the daughter from the dead. It says they were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Wait until you see what God wants to do for you. You will be absolutely amazed. But are you willing to do what it takes to follow Jesus? If dad would have refused to keep moving forward with Jesus because he had to leave crowds behind, he never would have gotten to the miracle. If you and I are not willing to keep moving forward with Jesus, even when we have to leave a crowd behind, we're never going to make it to our miracle. And when we finally get to the miracle, we're going to be amazed. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. Hey, will you stand with me, please? We're going to pray. And we'll sing one more song before we're dismissed. Father, thank you for the reminder today that our faith doesn't have to be monster faith, perfect faith. It could be teeny tiny mustard seed faith. So God, help us as we talk about those we travel through life with, those we do life with. Help us to honestly evaluate the crowd. And I pray that your Holy Spirit prompts us, Lord, about any changes we need to make. Help us to keep our eyes on you. Help us to stay yoked to you through all of this, God, because you're the one who is going to continue to lead us forward. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. All of us agree with the prayer and said, amen.